many of you guys saw that the Dow took a 777-point drop yesterday? That nuts Jake is clapping. You have a lot of gold or something, Jake? <laughs> Jake's like, my gold's going through the roof right now. No. The, the Dow plummeted. There is this banker in England last week that killed himself over this stuff. Everything that happened leading up to the Great Depression has happened now, and a lot of it's been worse than what happened leading up to the Great Depression. Here's just a few things. There have been 13 bank failures this year. That's when the government has to come in and take over a bank. Washington Mutual just collapsed. It was the biggest bank failure in American history. And there are other investment banks like Lehman Brothers that have collapsed and still other banks like Merrill Lynch that would have collapsed if they didn't get bought up in just a fanatic frenzy of business. It's kind of scary when you start hearing things like this. AIG, the largest insurance company in the world, was about to go belly up last week, and the government had to step in and save it with an $85 billion loan. The two largest mortgage lenders, Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac, both went under in the last few weeks. Every single mortgage company in the United States of America bases their mortgages on Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac. All that's upside down right now. Those are just a few things. Home values are plummeting. Some areas in just the last 12 months have seen home values drop by 20 to 25% in a year. I mean, this is not small. This is huge. It is insane. Foreclosures are at the highest level that they've ever been in history, and many other indicators are down. Many economists, politicians, and world leaders are predicting a global depression. Now, when you as Christians hear this, I didn't want to say this just to scare you. I wanted to say this so you, you know. I asked a lot of people earlier today, did you hear about the, the Dow drop yesterday? And they were all like, what? What are you talking about? Like, what's the Dow drop? No, none of them were that bad. But anyway, when we hear those things, doesn't it tend to scare you? It does me. I start to think, what's going to happen? How bad is this really going to get? And I wanted to mention that this isn't just an accident that this happened. In Hosea 8, 7, it says, they sow the wind and they reap the whirlwind. And this is exactly what happened. A lot of people did really risky things. They did not use biblical principles, and they're just reaping this. This will happen in our own lives, too, when we, when we do things our way. But I didn't want to just get up here just to talk about the crash. I wanted to get up to talk about the hope that we have in Christ. Because every one of you guys here, you have a hope that this world does not have, and they need to see it in you. So we can either be scared like everybody else, or we can have the hope that they don't have, that we can share with them. The economy is not your provider. In Philippians 4.19, it says that my God will meet all your needs according to his glorious riches in Christ. My God will meet all your needs. It doesn't say the United States economy will meet all your needs. It doesn't say President Bush will meet all your needs. It doesn't say McCain or Obama will meet all your needs. It doesn't say any of that stuff, guys. It says my God will meet all your needs. If you know Jesus Christ is your Savior and Lord today, he is the one that's in charge of meeting your needs. You have a hope in that. I wanted to read you what Jesus himself said in Matthew 6, 25-34. He said, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more important than food, and the body more important than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to his life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the lilies of the field grow. They do not labor or spend. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If this is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow, is thrown into fire, will he not much more clothe you? Oh, you of little faith. So do not worry, saying, 
What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. This is it, guys. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. What did he say to seek? His kingdom. He said, seek first his kingdom. All these other things will be added unto you. See, he's my provider as I seek him first, guys. And uh, Matthew 14, there are 5,000 people. And they're hungry. They don't have anything to eat. You know, when your resources don't look like they're enough, and you have a need, sometimes we freak out and go, what's going to happen? How do we make ends meet here? Jesus says, what do we have? We have five fish. We have two loaves of bread. 5,000 people. But it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Jesus multiplies to feed 5,000 people, guys. And a chapter later, in Matthew 15, the disciples are again with Jesus, 4,000 people here. This time they have seven fish, even more, and a few loaves of bread. So even more in the day before. They're like, Jesus, how in the world can we feed all these people? <laughs> you know, you'd think that they'd be thinking, remember, just like last week, he fed 5,000 of us? And what I want to encourage you with is sometimes when we go through financial hardships, we tend to be just like his disciples. How in the world are you going to meet this need, God, even though we've seen him meet our needs for the last 20 years of your life, 30 years of your life, 40, 50, whatever. However long you've been alive, you can look back and see God's faithfulness. Guys, don't forget that. Remember, that doesn't change based on what happens in New York City on Wall Street. God does not change. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He doesn't change. I've seen God be faithful. Four and a half years ago, Aaron and I left our jobs to go on full-time staff up here because we love you guys so much and we wanted to be here with you guys. In four years, guys, in four and a half years, we've never missed a mortgage payment. We don't have any debt outside of our house. Our cars are paid off. At one point, our car was breaking down. We desperately needed a new car. We told people, please be praying that God would provide a new car. In like six weeks, God provided a new car debt-free. It was unbelievable, guys. This is God. This is the God we, we serve. Two years ago, Romania, we did a summer project. Five days before the summer project, Aaron and I were $5,000 short. We had people calling us up. Cody's dad called me up. So uh, how are the students doing with their support? <laughs> I'm going, students are going to bring you up their support. You know? <laughs> I'm thinking, Aaron and I, on the other hand, I don't know if we're going on this project. We're supposed to be leading it. But literally, I told Aaron in the hotel in Denver, I think we're going to have to have my brother Dave maybe leave this one in Kyle, you know, because maybe we're not going to make it. Because there's nothing. And Erin had way more faith in me. She goes, Nate, trust God. He can do it. In five days, over $5,000 came in, guys. Over five grand. This is God. This is the God that we serve. This is the God that we serve. We can trust him. And Romans 8.28 says he turns everything around for the good of those who love him, including a financial disaster. Do you love God right now? Yes? No? Yes! If you love God, if you just say yes, he says he can turn this around for your good. That's a promise. It's not a maybe. It doesn't mean you're going to become a millionaire. But it means whatever happens in this crisis, you're going to come out the person that he wants you to be. And you will not look back and say, I wish it was different. Because he will make it awesome. The great thing, too, is he also turns it around for his good. And he can use something like this to get the attention of this country and this world uh, we've gotten so lazy and our eyes so off Christ, he might use this in big ways. So whatever happens, guys, we can trust him and we can know that he's going to work. Okay, how bad can it get? I lived in Romania for five years, guys. When I got there, the lei, that's their currency, was, was 20 to a dollar. So one dollar was 20 lei when I got there in 1992. When I left in 1997, it was almost 40,000 lei to the dollar. Okay, imagine that. 
That would be like if bread went from $2 a loaf today to $4,000. Okay, so can you imagine going down to the grocery store and like, yeah, loaf of bread is $4,000. That's hardcore. That's worse than anything that happened during the Great Depression here, I promise you. But you know what, guys? We had great times. We grew close to God. Our friends. We had some of the best friendships that I've ever known to this day. I love some of those people beyond what you can imagine. We grew together. We, we would still go have barbecues. We'd still go hike in the mountains. We'd still snowboard. That's where I learned how to hike the mountain. All you guys that think that we should use lifts, I'm always like, no, we can hike it. That's what we did, because nobody had money to buy lift tickets, you know? But we had a blast. We had a rocking time. What I'm telling you guys is you're not going to die, <laughs> okay? This crisis gets bad. It doesn't mean you're dead. It means we grow closer to God. We grow closer to each other. Our perspective changes, and God does awesome things. So anyway, what should you do? As bad as it might get, he will never forsake you. He promises you that. Hebrews 13.5, Exodus 14.13. Moses told Israel, and I want to tell you this today. He said, do not be afraid. Stand firm, and you will see the deliverance the Lord will bring to you today. Okay, guys? Don't be afraid. When everybody around you is afraid, don't be afraid. You will see God work in big ways. So don't be afraid. Matthew 25, be a good steward of the resources God gives you. The Bible tells us, Romans 13, not to live in debt. That's what's coming back to roost in our financial system right now. So be good stewards of the money God gives you. Part of that involves giving. In, in 2 Corinthians 9, it says, the measure, with the measure that we give, it will be measured back to us. If you want to see God blessing you, even when this financial hardship is going on around everywhere else, be generous. Even when it doesn't make sense, guys. In Malachi 3.10, he says, test me in this and see if I will not open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that you will not have room enough for it. Is that amazing? See, we can trust God. We can trust God. So be generous, guys. Hebrews 12, 1 through 2, keep your eyes on Christ, not on what's happening in the financial sector or on the news. Keep your eyes on Christ. Okay? Proverbs 3, 5 through 6, trust in God. And don't lean on your own understanding. He will get you through this. And I wanted to encourage you with a couple of verses from Psalm 91. It says, He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High. What does it mean to you to dwell somewhere? You live there. You live there. You don't just show up once or twice. You dwell there. It's saying He who dwells with God. This is somebody that's in constant connection and communication with God. He says, If that's where you're at, He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will save the Lord. He is my refuge and my fortress. Surely he will save you from the fowler's snare and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with his feathers, and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield and rampart. You will not fear the terror of night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that stalks in the darkness, nor the plague that destroys at midday. Now get this. A thousand may fall at your side, ten thousand at your right hand, but it will not come near you. Guys, when you see this collapsing all around you, you have a hope and a trust in God that nobody else has. 10,000 may fall at your side, but it won't come near you because your trust is in God. Okay? Philippians 4, 6 through 7 is what Leah's going to talk about tonight. Connect with God. Connect with God. And out of that, it says you'll have a peace that surpasses understanding. So when everybody else is suicidal because their stocks just lost 80%, you can have peace that surpasses understanding. And what I want to encourage you with is those people need that peace. So be willing to talk about where it comes from. Okay? Be willing to talk about your connection with God. So don't fear. Steward your money wisely. Keep your eyes on Him. Trust in Him. Connect with Him daily. And you will weather this storm. I promise you. And Hebrews 6.19 says, We have this hope as an anchor for our souls, guys. 
you're anchored in and nothing is going to move you.